Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of successful people and the ups and downs of risk-taking. All UIYB past and present interviews are available at Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy's YouTube channel, Facebook page, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette's digital version, flagandbanner.com's website, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just ask your smart speaker to play Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. My guest today is restaurateur Mr. Jim Keat and his son, Jake Keat. As a young man, Jim showed promise by becoming the president of his business school's student body and by receiving the M Award as one of 10 outstanding graduating seniors from SMU, at Southern Methodist University, in Dallas, Texas. After college, the ambitious Keat pursued and became one of the youngest innkeepers in the Holiday Inn franchise. But Jim's big break came when, in 1975, he joined Gerald Hamra, and together they introduced Wendy's restaurants to Arkansas. Over the next 11 years, Wendy's would grow to 27 stores with 1,200 employees. After the Wendy's franchise success, Keith took his expertise and continued in the growth and sale of many hotel restaurant chains, including... Maxie's of America, a Florida chain that sold to Rallies, Guesthouse International that sold to Suburban Lodges of America, and while President negotiated the sale of Barnhill's Buffet. Today, Keats restaurants include Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafes with his son Jake and what's your other son's name? Tommy. And Tommy. Petit and Keith with Louis Petit and Blueprint in Birmingham, Alabama with Dean Robb. And if that's not enough, Keat had a stint in politics. In 1988, he was elected to the Arkansas House of Representatives and shortly after that, elected to the Arkansas State Senate. It is my pleasure to welcome to the table the hardworking, ambitious, visionary, restaurateur and entrepreneur, Mr. Jim Keat and his son, Jake Keat. Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. We're happy to be here. I'm yeah, so it's glad. our pleasure. It's, I'm so glad y'all joined me. Let's, let's, when I was learning about your... A career, it was kind of a walk down memory lane for me. I'm going to kind of remind you of this, see if you remember it. But I worked at Sirloin's Inn when I, I remember was, it well. Oh, you, you, haven't, you haven't changed at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're flattering me. I always kind of looked up to you guys because Wendy's Corporate, for our listeners, Wendy's Corporate Office was right next door to Sirloin's Inn in North Little Rock, Arkansas. I was just starting Arkansas Flag and Banner. And for anybody that doesn't know my story, I worked a, a part time job for nine years to get that business off the ground. And it, in, it included a lot of restaurant waitressing business, which I just happen to love y'all's industry. The restaurant business and service industry is really fun. But Wendy's corporate office was next door, and you guys would come over for happy hour, and I would wait on y'all. And the excitement and the energy around you guys and the note-taking on napkins, I mean, it was like watching Federal Express be, be born. It was a really big deal. Talk about those times. Well, uh, Jerry Hamra, my partner, and I uh, took a big leap of faith because at the time there were only about 150 Wendy's uh, in the in the country, none in the South. Uh, there were two, actually there were two in Memphis, which is how I came into contact with it. But uh, Jerry and I met each other. We got along so well immediately. We signed a hand. We signed a deal, but it was really based on a handshake, and uh, so we. Did our first restaurant on 4600 Camp Robinson Road in North Little Rock and shortly built two additional stores. Uh, I opened all of those uh, myself as the general manager and still supervised the others. And so eventually we just continued to grow in Arkansas and Texas and had uh, 25 Wendy's, 20 and, and two uh, Sisters Chicken and Biscuits and uh, had uh, a little over 1,200 employees. And we won what is called the Founders Award, which is given to the best franchise group worldwide. And at the time, there were about 2,500 when we won it. Um, and so that was quite an honor to be recognized as the best of the best worldwide. I guess so. So I love a handshake deal. Oh, Those yeah. are the best kind of deals. 
That's when two good people come together. Um, where do you think your ambition came from? Because you've been ambitious all your life. Gosh, that's a great question. I think uh, I think I respected my mom and dad so much. You were always very uh, encouraging, whether it was uh, in my athletics, uh, you know, president of the student body, whatever it might be. I, I kind of always aspired to push myself a bit. And so uh, I just kind of kept that same thing. I'm a little bit older now, a little bit wiser, I hope, and uh, still work hard every day, try to set a good example, and really excited more than anything else uh, in my entire career. I've done 155 restaurants, and the most uh, gratifying thing in my entire uh, uh, business career is being able to work with Jake and Tommy and Stephanie, Susanna, uh, my wife helps on uh, some of the real estate related issues and contractual issues as an attorney. And so it's uh, truly a family enterprise. So that means more to me than anything else that I've been able to do in my life. You have two sons that we see on TV all the time. You have daughters? Well, I have two daughters uh, as well, but they're not involved with me. Uh, Stephanie is Jake's beautiful wife. Susanna. Uh, is Tommy's beautiful wife and uh, have four amazing grandkids. Uh, one daughter who is a lawyer. Uh, the other one is an aspiring actress who is in the desert in California filming her first film that she wrote, produced, and directed. I bet you're the producer. Executive producer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's lucky to have such support from, from such a great family. Um, the hotel business is tough. You jumped right into it right out of college. Why? Well, it's kind of kind of funny. I I worked my way through school through SMU. I think I'm one of 15 people in the entire history <laughs> of the school that actually worked their way through there because it's yeah. a little bit expensive. So <laughs> yeah, for people that don't know about SMU, it's called Southern Millionaires University. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, there it's a lot Methodist. of very a lot of very wealthy people there mm-hmm. you know, at the time. But I, I worked my way through it, uh, steak and ale, and uh, and in hotels. And so when I got finished, I, uh, my degree was in finance and a minor in real estate finance. So I thought I was going to go into investment banking or maybe follow in my dad's footsteps and be a lawyer, but I just needed to take a year off and get some money in my pocket. So I went ahead and accepted this offer to go into the hotel business, and I liked it, even though I was working 95 hours a week. Yeah, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, I, I took, in 1972, I took one day off, and on that day I mowed the yard. So at, the, at the hotel. Oh, right now, well. <laughs> um, so, were you married? I was married. My sweet wife is. We just had our fiftieth wedding anniversary. How does she stay married to somebody who's in the restaurant hotel business? That's got. She's a saint. Oh, she is. She's a saint. Everybody yeah. who knows her says that. What they don't know is what I know is that she really isn't. She's really very, <laughs> very mean spirited. Not a nice, <laughs> not a nice person at all. I'm just kidding. She, yeah. She is fantastic, and she's a, a great wife and a great grandmother. And so I'm, I'm truly blessed because my whole career, I've had restaurants in other states and have traveled extensively, and she's always been very supportive, as have uh, my sons uh, and daughters. They've always... Uh, Talk about dad traveling all the time, Jake. Well, I was sort of lucky uh, because he had sort of knocked out a lot of the... Uh, Travel had been knocked out by the time that I was around because uh, Tommy's nine years older, Chase is seven years older. Uh, so we were we were sort of the second set. So life after Wendy's, what made you and Gerald decide to sell? Well, I sold my interest to Jerry and uh, actually helped start a investment banking group, a, a mortgage banking group, and a consulting company. And in the midst of that, was asked to be involved with Maxis of America, which is this new double drive-through chain out of Florida. And uh, after two board meetings, they asked me to be the chairman and run the company. So um, I did that, and then we sold to uh, rallies. And 
you know, just kind of kept on going. Why, you know, how could you sell Wendy's when it was your baby and you were so successful? I don't think I could sell Arkansas Flag and Banner. I have this. It's like my firstborn. How could you do that? Well, it's just taking on different challenges. You got and, bored. No, I didn't get bored at all. Money I mean, was too good. The money was great. You yeah. know, You're but, like, I could get out and start and do something else. Well, I aspired to do even more. You know, I, I'm, I hope I'm a pretty good boss. Uh, and Jerry was a great partner, uh, but I just wanted to take on uh, new challenges, and so we worked out an arrangement whereby I, you know, left, and it was it was a good departure, you know, for me financially, and took on these other challenges, and then got interested in politics, and um, so um, did he stay with Wendy's forever, or did he? Sell he it? sold it eight years later um, to back to corporate. And then uh, corporate sold it to a group out of Memphis, uh, the Dobbs House folks. So tell us about Gerald Hamra. Is he just a great guy? He was a great guy. Uh, we got along famously. Uh, I was like his son. In I was going to say he was me, older, he wasn't he? Son. Yeah, he was significantly older. He was uh, 30 years older than I was, I guess, 35, something like that. Um, but uh, just a really good guy. He had overcome something that was very difficult he overcame polio and uh, so he had a, a significant limp and all that but you would never know it he always had a smile on his face he was always promoting the business i uh, was just a, a really nice guy very philanthropic uh, that's kind of where i got my philanthropy passion i guess you would say uh being in, i've been in, on i guess 21 different boards or commissions mm-hmm. in my life and so how he kind you, of inspired how did that. you meet him I was working for Holiday Inns, and uh, they had kind of drafted me to, at the ripe old age of 26, I was responsible for all operational input into uh, renovations and new construction worldwide. And so um, I realized that while the, I, I aspired to be the president of Holiday Inns, Inc. by the time I was 30. Oh, my God. No big deal. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was the goal. You know, mm-hmm. at the time, and then I realized that I really had more of an entrepreneurial spirit than a big corporate spirit. So um, I started looking around for different opportunities. And at the time, as I said, there weren't that many Wendy's around, but in Memphis, they were just knocking it out of the park. And so I literally went there to lunch one day, and I went, "This is amazing." So I I started doing these little calculations of what their average service times were, what the average check was, and said, "This is a real winner." So I went to the the guys that owned the, the franchise and I said, I want to be your partner. <laughs> and they kind of laughed and they looked at my resume and what I'd done. And they said, we'd like to have you come to work for us, but we don't have any ownership interests. And I said, well, thank you very much. And so two weeks later I hear from Jerry Hammer who knew them and we literally struck the deal to build the Wendy's uh, in Arkansas. He actually had one under construction uh, but we struck the deal in a conversation between Memphis and Little Rock, Arkansas, in a handshake. What was he doing before that? Was he in the restaurant he in business the, before? No, he was in the clothing business in a little town, Haytai, Missouri. Oh. And I had never been in the food business. And you're from Missouri, aren't you? Springfield, yeah. So y'all had that in common? Yeah. You know, I was, I was more, I guess, service-oriented uh, in the hospitality industry, and he was service-oriented oriented in the clothing industry so yeah mm-hmm. kind of had the same mentality working with you know, the public working with the public loving your guests loving your customers taking care of them going out of your way to please them boy that's a great motto you can put that up on the wall at tzatziki's <laughs> okay last question before we go to break do you eat wendy's occasionally spicy that chicken means sandwich no that means no he doesn't eat there anymore no, I. You no, ate enough to last your lifetime. No, no, no. I, I still eat there. Um, it's a little bit difficult because we were the best in the world, and so I have really high expectations and standards. And so, uh, so I don't eat there often. But uh, their service has gone to crapola. Well, I, I, I wouldn't go that far. Let me put it this way: when, when you have fifteen restaurants, you have other places that you would rather eat. How's that? I'll oh, also well, there say, you go. <laughs> if, which you do. You, is that how many restaurants? Like Wendy's, uh, small towns 
Small towns is where I hit up Wendy's. I think they do a really good job out in Brinkley. I think they do a good job. You know, I, if if you're driving out towards Memphis, small town Wendy's, most of the time I get a really good meal. Yeah. What do you think is the future of fast food? Uh, well, we're we're about to open Waldo's Chicken and Beer here in Little Rock. Uh, is it I, fast food? It it is. Fast you know, casual. fast casual, but but it's uh, going to be bone in chicken, rotisserie or fried. I think the difference is always going to be uh, customer oriented. If 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 you're serving your guests with great attitudes, people take notice. But everybody's worried about their health now and the food additives that are in fast food. It's oh, yeah. making America fat. There's no denial about that. Absolutely. I th- I think if uh, if you can offer a balance of items, you know, it's fat some foods, some some people are foods. looking for keto. You know, so if what's that do- mean? Uh, you know, ketosis diets where oh, oh, where you're actually yeah. wanting mm-hmm. high fat, low carb, or oh, some right. some people are looking for uh, gluten free options. You know, to cut out gluten. You know, everybody's th- always going to eat chicken. That's right. You know, hey, and so. chicken, it's lean protein. You know, so I I think it's here to stay. Uh, yeah, we hope so. Safely, we have we have been saying for years we got to start selling freaking chicken. I cleaned that up. <laughs> freaking uh, chicken. Freaking Selling chicken. Freaking That's right. chicken. So That's the name, that should be the name of your store. We, well, we, we thought about it, but at any rate, with the, we have uh, <laughs> one with a partner uh, who is also our partner in Tzatziki's in Oklahoma. So we have one in uh, Tulsa. This this kick and tail. Uh, that was how I'm training. <laughs> cleaned up it up. Language. You sure did. Uh, <laughs> ah, boy, Dad. And uh, we uh, are really excited about opening this one in North Little Rock and we think it's going to be a great location for us, kind of a marquee-type location. Where did you say it was? North Little Rock? Yes, it's right where the old Carinos was. We tore that building down by McCain Mall. Oh, McCain Mall. And my oldest son, Tommy, I really regret that he couldn't be here today. He just got held up in northwest Arkansas on a construction project up there on a renovation we're doing to our kind of our, our number one uh, Tzatziki, volume-wise, is in northwest Arkansas. Really? So that's the one about the mall right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've been it's on Joyce times. Street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just off of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I would have thought Little Rock was more because there's more population. All right. We're going to talk about your construction business. I figured it was vertical integration for your businesses, and I wondered how you learned about it, but now I know you learned about it through Holiday Inn because you, you had to oversee some construction projects there. But it's a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with restaurateur Mr. Jim Keat and his son, Mr. Jake Keat, from Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafe and Petite Keat Restaurants in Little Rock, Arkansas, plus 19 more that we're going to hear about. More to come after the break. We talk a lot about the Dreamland Ballroom here on the Up In Your Business program with Carrie McCoy. Are you ready for some good news about the place that once hosted people like Duke Ellington and Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong? Well, the Dreamland Ballroom years ago was awarded funds to do lots of reconstruction and improvement. And now we've gotten plans approved by the National Park Service and our local historic offices to continue the process. Please stay in touch with us through all of our social media accounts. We'll give you progress updates, post pictures, even host an open house or two coming up. Don't mean a thing. All you gotta do is swing. Keeping up with flagandbanner.com means you're in the know about the Dreamland Ballroom. Please do stay in touch with us, and at your earliest convenience, check out the Dreamland Ballroom. Don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Do I, do I, do I, do I, do I? You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with restaurateur Mr. Jim Keat and his son, Jake Keat, from Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafe and Petite Keat Restaurants in Little Rock, Arkansas. They were also, Jim was also the founder of, with Gerald Hamra for Wendy's in Arkansas. How do you find out about all these business opportunities like Maxie's in America, of America and Guesthouse International and Barnhill's Buffet? Because you did all of that before the Internet. You know, honestly, I was recruited in each of those cases. So word uh, of mouth in the industry. Well, people that pay attention in the industry and they see the, you know, the team that wins the, the best franchisee worldwide for a growing company that has 2,500 units, then they start seeking you out. Uh, I'm surrounded by attorneys. My wife is an attorney. My oldest son, Tommy, who's our partner, is an attorney. My oldest daughter is an attorney. And my wife's father was an attorney. So 
bottom line is I have not won an argument in decades, but, <laughs> but, uh, I am so proud. My, you know, my oldest daughter has a beautiful family. She's an, an amazing mom and married to a great guy, beautiful kids. Uh, Jake is the best father I know of this, the way that he, you know, loves and takes care of his family. Makes and, you feel bad about yourself, doesn't it? A little it, bit. It, kind of, it doesn't. I, <laughs> they're, honest to God, there's a little guilt there. I know, you know right? No one of, told me of, that of, parenting was such a guilt trip. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, just, I, I compare all the amazing things that he and, and my daughter uh, have come up with to do with their children and things like that, and I, it kind of makes me feel a little bit guilty. Well, he's you know, got. About his growing up. He, well, I just put his ass to work at 13. You, you have yeah. to. You have to give yourself a break, though. While he was young, you were building an empire that he's enjoying now. Hey, and you got to keep in mind, like I said, he was actually always around. I, I mean, like, I know that Tommy and Tommy and Chase had probably the brunt of, you know, when he was working the most in his life. But by, by the time I came around, he it's not like he missed anything that I can recall. And, you know, I've, I've always been an independent guy anyway, so I, I like my own things, my own time, all of that stuff. So, you know, we we spent a ton of time together. He, he was an exceptional father. Well, so. oh, that's nice. That's what he said about his dad. So you're passing it down. You said the same thing about your father, Jim. So I, am inter- I think it's interesting that you talked about all the lawyers in your family because I had that on my list of questions. How do you do all the stuff you're doing, buying companies you're buying, uh, melding companies together without a law degree. And I was going to ask you if you wished you had gotten a law degree, but I guess you don't because you married a lawyer. I have been around the legal profession my entire <laughs> life. And when you do as many transactions as I've done, you know, over the years, uh, you have to be kind of insightful. You may not have specific knowledge of a specific section of the law, but you've been exposed to so much of it, you kind of have intuitive legal uh, instincts, if you will. Mm -hmm. Don't step into that rabbit trap, you know. So, um, you know, and and my wife has been, you know, very helpful, uh, and my uh, oldest daughter and Tommy, I mean, all of them. And so if I start to make a misstep, then typically they're there to prevent me from doing that. Not always. There's still those occasional missteps, but... Um, they've always been fantastic. But you can bring home the document and say, hey, y'all read this because I don't want to. Always do. I hate reading yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Well, Tommy Tommy is really very talented. Yeah. And again, I'm sorry he couldn't be here today as well, but he's super talented. and Has a great legal mind. Like, yeah, a great. Really sharp really? legal mind. Yeah, 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 great legal mind as well Absolutely. as, you know, he's uh, yeah, a good entrepreneurial mind as well as Jake. And so, you know, we're kind of the ultimate risk takers if you look at at this tough time that everybody in the hospitality has gone through in the last year and a half, we took a very different approach. And if, if I take any credit for anything, I guess it's being hard headed. And, uh, during this last year and a half and kind of saying, guys, you know, while everybody else is kind of whining and complaining and, you know, firing their staffs and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. And, closing the restaurants, we just said, you know, we're going to be responsible. We want to take care of our guests and protect them as well as our staffs and all that. But we are going to, we're going to shoot new commercials mm-hmm. in every brand. We're going to increase, not decrease our advertising budget. We're going to do uh, bonuses for our staff. We had to lay off for a brief time in, uh, in the Petit and Keto especially, but. And in Joyce. You know, and in Joyce. Yeah. So we had to, you know, do that briefly, but basically said, you know what, we're going to take great care of our staffs. We're going to give them bonuses. We're going to give them, uh, raises where appropriate. We're going to, you know, keep them on, uh, at our expense. And, uh, we're going to steal other restaurateurs guests and we're going to keep them. That is so entrepreneurial. You know, one of the advice that I give to people when they're struggling First thing they want to do is they want to cut advertising and cut payroll. And you did the exact opposite. And that is exactly what you're supposed to do. When sales are down, you don't go, oh, I think I'll quit advertising. Oh, yeah. You say, I think I'll increase every, And that's a risk you take that pays off. Plus, you were in a buyer's market. All these restaurants were probably up for sale. Well, that, that's the interesting thing. We, we, uh, 
we we follow real estate pretty closely like we keep a close eye on it looking for good opportunities um what we were surprised by was uh with with the amount of grants that went out and things like that last year a, a lot of places actually held on a lot better than we had anticipated you know uh there weren't as many real estate opportunities as you would have thought uh but but this year has has been different than that we've we've been able to locate a few properties, purchase those outright so that we can continue to build. Uh, but like I said, last year was not the year that we saw a lot of real estate jump up. I, I thought it would, but it did not. Well, well real estate business is good, but the restaurant business is terrible. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about it is if you compare the attrition rate and the mortality rate of restaurants in Arkansas versus a lot of other states, it's a fraction of how many you know, there are some states that 30% of all the restaurants are closed forever. Yeah, I believe that our problem up here is staff. I have no restaurateurs who are saying, I'm going to have to close my Little Rock location because I can't staff it. And I've been to a restaurant that said close today due to staffing. It's it's yes. a difficult time. Like, But but I will say this, one, one of the... Uh, you know, key key takeaways from this last year was uh, the restaurateurs I know that really stepped up to the plate and took care of their people during that time still have those staffs. If if you go to any of our stores, more than likely the person that's working with you and you know checking on you, everything like that, has probably been with us. I, I think the average uh, tenure of our staff in these stores right now is probably around six years. That's pretty good for the restaurant so, business. Sen- you know. The senior staff, well, yeah. especially for yeah, for the senior staff, even more than that. But, right, I'm uh, I'm saying aggregate wise, it's yeah. probably close to that. We are very blessed. In that you really are. So. Um, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with restaurateur Mr. Jim Keat and his son Jake from Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafe and Petite Keat Restaurants. And what's the what's the cock of the walk called now? Cyber Social. When we come back, we'll talk about Representative Keat's time in office on the Republican ticket, about uh, Keat and O'Gary construction business. Is it vertical integration business plan? It sounds like it is. And last, get his take on the future of restaurant business, which I think we've been hearing a lot about already. Y'all are optimistic. More to come after the break. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the internet and rebranded her company as simply flagandbanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger. Since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine, Brave, and in 2016, branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcast. In 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years, and more recently opened a satellite office in Miami, Florida. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. TheFlagAndBanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. Uh, you're listening to Up in Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with restaurateur Mr. Jim Keat and his son Jake from Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafe and Petite Keat Restaurants in Little Rock, Arkansas, and through Cypress Social, Cypress Social in Maumelle, Arkansas. Before the break, we talked about starting Wendy's because Jim started Wendy's when he was just a lad out of college, I guess, with Gerald Hamra, rest in peace. And then we talked about. His family and his proudest days is working with his sons and daughters, and he's got a daughter making. Uh, he's, you're also now a producer of film because you have a daughter making a movie. What's it going to be called? Do y'all know? Uh, gosh, I read the script last night. It's uh, uh oh yeah, it's called Scream Therapy. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yep. And it's a comedy. Very funny. Yeah, I I I, I blew through it. Okay. I read on the old Kindle. Oh, good. I can't wait to watch it. So now we're going to talk about you dabbled in politics for a while. And I just have to say, you're crazy. Why would anybody that's done all you've done and been successful decide that they want to go into politics and all that scrutiny that comes with politics? I don't even know if there's anybody. Well, this was in the 80s and 90s. But today, I don't know if there's anybody clean enough to go in the public eye. Why did you decide to do that back then? Well, 
when I grew up, my my dad, uh, as I said earlier, is my hero. Uh, had given his life to public service and in so many ways, and so uh, that that w- was probably the genesis of it. Um, I had always tried to do things for the community, charitable, charitably, and things like that. But um, I just thought there was a need for some different perspectives in politics in Arkansas. So, uh, did you have I, one thing in mind you wanted to change? Uh, well, there were some things that I were interested in that were very diverse. There were different aspects that I thought Arkansas was lacking in that I wanted to get involved with. As an example, I wrote the uh, the all the literacy related laws uh, that created the literacy commission and all that. You did. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm exhausted just talking to you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, how I many pages with, is that? Oh my gosh, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Did lot. your wife help you? No, no. I just worked with staff. I worked closely with Governor Clinton uh, at the time. And uh, so I was appointed. I was the only person on the, in the legislature appointed to the first uh, literacy commission. And so kind of on the opposite uh, side of that, uh, I also authored the strongest two strikes and you're out bill uh, in the nation. That for what? Uh, for violent uh, felonies, uh, so that if you've committed two violent felonies, you're you're in the can forever. Uh, and that was, you know, for you know, like aggravated rape, yeah, murder, you know, really serious felonies. After two of those, you're not getting out. It, that would stand so, to reason. Neither I can't yeah. argue with either one of those. We want people to read, and we want to keep really bad people up locked up. If you've got a, right. it's not like you did it accidentally right. twice. But I, you know, I, I got to do some pretty interesting things. Like I cast the deciding vote on the landmark desegregation settlement case from Taipei. I was in Taipei on a legislative mission at the time when a special session was called on this, and so it basically. Um, Set a lot of the long-standing uh, things, issues relating to segregation in the state of Arkansas. So uh, it, it was a pretty cool deal. What do you think you about gerrymandering? Um, I think it depends on who it benefits. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, I, I think that everything in politics should be transparent. You ought to be able to take a look at it analytically and see if it, see if it's fair to everybody, and if it is, it's good, and if it isn't, it's bad. So I think gerrymandering typically is uh, one-sided. one-sided and only helps one uh, one party, and that's why I think it sucks. Um, uh, but when are you going to run for office again? I am what they call a recovering politician, <laughs> so that means never. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think my I think my wife of fifty years would probably say, "Okay, that's it. I'm leaving." And fine, you, you know, finally did it. And my kids would disown me, and you know. Well, no, I'm really nobody's clean enough to run anymore. Strange times, for it, sure. What do you think about? One funny anecdote mm-hmm. about that I, that I will tell you: uh, Bob Johnson, who became a senator later, state senator, great guy, was Ray Thornton's uh, right hand person. And uh, once we got to be pretty good friends, when I was in I was in the Senate, uh, and then he later was in the senate but at any rate he said uh, i just want to tell you that we spent eighty five thousand dollars this is 1990 dollars he said we spent eighty five thousand dollars trying to find dirt on you we went to springfield missouri went to dallas texas we went to lexington uh kentucky lincoln nebraska we went all these different places trying to find something on you and we couldn't find a damn thing and i said you know what you need to fire that opposition research firm because there's probably plenty out there. They just didn't know where to look. But you know, uh, you had as many employees as you've had. You can at least find one who'll lie about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had over five thousand. I guess none of them are willing to yeah, lie today. It seems like lie. people to get yeah. their name in the paper will just lie about anything to get the publicity. You know, there's a lot yeah. of publicity hounds out there. That's true. That's so true. you started in the construction business. Um, Keith O'Gary Construction. Who's O'Gary? Another Irishman? <laughs> uh, Luke O'Gary uh, originally was building uh, some of our restaurants and came to us and said, you know, I'd l- really like to go out on my own. Are you guys interested? So uh, Tommy and Jake and I got together with him and said, uh, let's explore that. 
So initially we're just building our own restaurants, but now that company has grown and his uh, dad has joined us um, and who has done almost, almost $3 billion worth of projects nationally and internationally. Uh, Luke has done well over $300 million worth of projects. And so uh, we initially did it for our own purposes, our own restaurants and other ventures and things like that. So it was a small construction company. Yes. But now but, it's a big one. Well, We've grown to the point that, as an example, we just finished the addition to the elementary school and Cabot High School. Uh, we built the gymnasium in Magnolia High School. I said elementary school. I should have said Cabot Elementary School. At any rate, mm-hmm. uh, we built the gymnasium for uh, Magnolia High School. We did a, uh, it's a total of a $7.5 million project, but ours was $4.5 million, not far from here, the uh Spaces. Uh, spaces. Uh, it's kind of a high-end storage uh, facility that is top of the line that we built that, um, as well as a lot of restaurants, uh, both ground up and renovation. You probably own uh, the storage place, though, don't you? No. No, we don't. You sold it? Uh, a guy named Dan Lusk and his wife, and they're great people, doing a great Couldn't job Couldn't be nicer. There. But we're doing all the uh, Circle K renovations and really? reconstructions uh, in the state of Arkansas. How do you keep up with – so is this when you – so the, does a construction company have to have lawyers on staff to keep up with all the permits and the city regulations for everywhere you go? No, uh, there's kind of there are a lot of things that you do that are pretty much just fill in the blanks with all the. It, it's it's difficult, uh, but we have professionals on board, uh, estimators and uh, and our partners that are very adept at doing it. So we don't really have to engage lawyers very often. I, I'm, I'm surprised. I just. Um, bought a business in Florida, another flag company, and all I'm doing is renting the building and dissolving that company and absorbing it into mine, and I'm keeping the location down there. I cannot believe how complicated it is. Yeah. We're in Florida. North Miami. I want to start interviewing you now. Can I ask you a few questions? (laughs) (laughs) No. So how did you come up with that? How did you decide to go to North Miami, Florida to open that business? Well... Um, it just exactly like you, the, uh, the pandemic brought on a bunch of opportunities Uh, and it's the, how many companies did we buy in the last two years? It's the third one. Three, three. (laughs) So, so we bought right off the bat. We, we, uh, we found a lady that wanted to retire because she did her internet presence was not as strong as she wanted to be. And she, you know, the COVID sent a lot of people into retirement. So we found two people that wanted to retire mm-hmm. and wanted to sell their business. And then this third one wanted to retire and she had a manufacturing plant down there because uh-huh. Miami has, you know, first and second generation uh, immigrants. Mm-hmm. And so they had these skill sets that we don't have anymore. And we used to manufacture in Arkansas but we don't have any seamstresses up here anymore, and or not very many. And so we went down there and kept her location so that we could now be vertical integration. Yeah, that's uh, say, vertically integration. There you go. Yeah. And yeah, and also supply chains are so messed up. Because of COVID. Because of COVID. Mm-hmm. We thought, well, we'll just start making our own stuff. So there you go. All right. Thanks. Enough about me. Well, awesome. my, Miami, you got to love the weather down there, the food. I, I, I love it. I, I, I'm trying my best to speak Spanish, and going I cannot. To, going to Miami makes me so happy because you just can't hear English when you walk down like three city blocks. You're not going to hear a word. It's, it's another awesome. country. Yeah, I love it. That's yeah, great. Except for you are like our family, the McCoys. You Keats are Irish-looking skinned people. Yeah. How about that sun down there? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I soak it up. That's like my favorite thing. I, I would rather be in the sun at all times, you know. Mm, it doesn't like us. It doesn't usually like us, though. <laughs> the McCoys are all gingers. We hide. <laughs> hide in the dark. Mm-hmm. It but, is lovely, though. But uh, the weather is nice. But I tell you, the weather, when I've been down there in August, was nicer in Arkansas than it was down there. We had the most pleasant arc, uh, August and September. We had great August. And, I agree. Uh, uh, really and, nice. and even September, because I was down there. I'd call down here, and y'all would have cooler weather and nicer weather than we were having down there. Which was odd because Miami is usually pretty pleasant year round. But anyway, what would you say your business philosophy is? And then we're going to go to another break. I, I know Jake and, and Tommy share this. It's, it's really very simple, and that is to be the best in class. To whatever you're doing, don't settle for second best. Try to always aspire to be the very best at whatever you do. 
boy, that is sure your family. You know, I think about all the restaurants you have, and I think about how some uh, franchises don't want to buy the property that they've got their restaurant on, and some franchises want to buy the property. One We interviewed um, the Minuteman franchise, and Wes Hall, who started it, mm-hmm. sold it to a company who that gentleman made all of the Minuteman franchisees buy their property, and so it messed up their cash flow so much that they all went to the wayside. Well, you know, there's a real simple rule, and, and, and I think this applies not only to the restaurant business but any any business that that requires a retail-type location, and that is you're in the restaurant business first, you're in the real estate business second. And if those can create parallel tracks of wealth, you could buy the real estate. But if you have a better location that you can only lease in that area, you go ahead and lease. So like in our case, um, it was our fourth restaurant before we actually owned the dirt, you know, mm-hmm. the land and building and equipment and all that stuff. Um, and now we have, I guess we have five pieces of real estate, uh, but, you know, ultimately uh, we would hope to uh, own the ma- the vast majority. So as an example, the Waldo's chicken and beer that we're bringing here is a ground up prototype that Tommy and Jake worked with the architects to, Tommy to, did. to do I, that. I was, I was running around doing other stuff. Tommy was all over that one. They're always giving the credit away. That's very admirable. Okay, go ahead. It is, but please don't interrupt me. Um, <laughs> yeah, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> That's the kind of relationship that we have. Oh, yeah. We cuss at each other. Yeah. So, Sound um, familiar, Gray? <laughs> Painfully. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with restaurateur Mr. Jim Keat and his son Jake Keat from Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafe, Petite Keat Restaurants in Little Rock, Arkansas, Cypress Social. And the last thing uh, we're going to talk about is the future of the restaurant business, which I think we've talked a lot about. More to come right after the break. We talk a lot about the Dreamland Ballroom here on the Up In Your Business program with Carrie McCoy. Are you ready for some good news about the place that once hosted people like Duke Ellington and Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong? Some of the fantastic greats of music right here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Well, the Dreamland Ballroom years ago was awarded funds to do lots of reconstruction and improvement. And now we've gotten plans approved by the National Park Service and our local historic offices to continue the process. Please stay in touch with us through all of our social media accounts. We'll give you progress updates, post pictures, even host an open house or two coming up. Just as a reminder, this funding is the first in a long time to go towards some actual historic restoration of the amazing Dreamland Ballroom. Some plaster work will get done around the stage in the box seat area, returning the stage apron to the front of the stage, and some much-needed stage repairs, historically accurate house lighting, and reestablishing the pressed tin ceiling that's in the uh, front of the house. Don't mean a thing, all you gotta do is swing. Keeping up with flagandbanner.com means you're in the know about the Dreamland Ballroom, one of the great historic sites in Little Rock, Arkansas, and it is being maintained by the funds that we've been awarded. Please do stay in touch with us, and at your earliest convenience, check out the Dreamland Ballroom. Uh, You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with restaurateur and entrepreneur, Mr. Jim Keat and his son, Jake Keat, from Tzatziki's Mediterranean Cafe, Petite Keat Restaurants. Uh, So let's talk about staffing and food sources and trends and service versus takeout and dine-in. How do you find people? Indeed? You go on Indeed? It's 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 interesting. A lot of, uh, you know, one of the things that... We sort of use as a guiding light for it is uh, A's hire A's, B's hire C's. You know, C's what? recommend what? the F's is is the addition that what Tommy came up with. Say that again. I've never heard this. A's hire A's. So you're talking about A, a employees. A's. Yeah, B's, you know, attract C's, and then C's recommend F's. <laughs> is is the addition that Tommy added on, which I thought was hilarious. He's about right on that. Uh, but we. Your your best employee pool is going to be uh, from your best employees. So referrals, so, re- referrals, existing uh, staff. Yeah. Yep, existing staff. If if you train them right, 
which hopefully you are, uh, all of our best people come from our best people. You know, uh, we've we've had some luck uh, recently. Uh, I, th- I think the uh, restaurant industry right now, uh, one of the things that we've noticed is all of our top line managers have stayed the exact same this entire uh, sequence from uh, 2020 all the way through now. We haven't lost a single GM. But what we have noticed is a few of our uh, AGMs, this is this is this year, you know, within the last couple months, uh, we, we always try to hire one ahead on management to try to make sure that we we don't have any stop gaps we don't want to have anything so you'd like to over hire by like maybe 10 percent, so that in case something happens you've got some backup yes ma'am that's the second time i've heard that in two days and and uh what we've known though is i think as a nation we have what i would call sort of a covid hangover it's uh it's like it isn't anything that your business is doing uh because like I said, you've got to still take care of the basics, which is taking care of your people. But I think there's a little bit of this PTSD that everybody has from where they were working last year when they were running around, the world's on fire, everything's terrible, all of these things. You can't help but slightly associate that time in your life to where you were working. And so I think that's where some of the attrition comes from. Uh you know, which is also why we've been able to pick up some really great people that have left their uh, vocations, you know, to come to us. So I, I think that's what I'm, what we're seeing. I've talked with other restaurateurs about that. They're, they're seeing the same thing. I think it's interesting that in the last two days at hair salon where I was last night getting my hair done and today talking to you, restaurant at two different industries have told me that they overhire by 10% so that they don't have this gap. I happen to not do that because I'm trying to save expenses. And what is your biggest is payroll your biggest expense at a restaurant? I would think so. It's not going to be rent. It's not going to be food. Yes, the answer is yes. And, then, and yet you're going to overhire in the area that has the biggest expense. So I've been well, backwards on a, that. I think. Well, there's a good reason for that. You have to look at what it costs you to lose an employee. Right. If you do it, I, I, I do this little exercise and that I've done when I was president of uh, Tzatziki's Corporate, as an example, uh, whiteboarded, what does it actually cost you when you lose a staff member? The number of hours you have to retrain, uh, the uncertainty of the person that you're bringing in. They're going to last or work. Yeah, and meet your expectations. Uh, The implications on your food cost, the implication on uh, guest uh, friendliness, I mean, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, we... We intentionally uh, have a very full management staff, uh, more than most in the fast casual business. Uh, we and one of the things that I've said from day one with uh, with the guys is, uh, you can explain to me why your labor costs may be a little bit high. You cannot explain to me why we serve poor product or didn't have good hospitality. And right. So that's kind of been our mantra from day one. You're kind of banking on turnover. Basically, because you know it's going to happen. So you're just planning for turnover. It's it's sort of like uh, it's also investing in your people, though. Like you're you're not you're not anticipating uh, just that there will be, you know, some turnover in the ranks. But but the truth is, you know, people aren't infallible. There's there's always going to be, especially once you get to a certain point and how many businesses you own, there's there's always going to be, you know, somebody that might fall off you know uh there there are people that you know find themselves in situations where they no longer you know feel the desire to keep doing the job you know do you have an hr department oh yeah his name is tommy keat (laughs) and i'm his second really do y'all hire all your people (laughs) how many employees y'all have now uh across the state we've got about 300 and how can you do anything else besides just hire people then you know uh we it's decentralized. It's decentralized. Yeah, what does that he's, mean? he's making a joke. Yeah. We rely upon every manager. manager to incorporate the standards and expectations that we have as they hire people. And Period. so, uh, if we come into the restaurant and we see uh, people that are not meeting our standards, then we hold our, our management staffs accountable for that. I got gotcha. you. Do you offer health insurance? We do. To everyone or just to manager? Everyone. 
Even the low, even the entry level staff? Over, over, uh, you have to work over, over 30 hours right. a week. Over and, 30 hours. Uh, and, Full-time staff. And a year, maybe? And worked for you a year or something? How many? No. One? Well, full, full, it, you full qualify time. in 90 days? Something, something along those lines. We, we, we follow the same guidelines as everyone else. It's full, full, full-time staff, over 30 hours aggregate. And, you know, I, I think there's, it, it may only there's be like 60 gap, days. It's, it's, it's not very long. But that it applies to staff uh, management as well as, uh, yeah. you know, line staff. So. Any advice? Anybody want to go in the restaurant business before we go? Run. Run for your life. <laughs> Don't there's get married. A, well, there's an old saying, you know, <laughs> when, when you know doctors and lawyers and pe- and accountants and people that have never been in the food business say, "Gosh, I've I've always wanted to be in the restaurant business." Yeah. There's an old saying that says, "If you want to uh, be a millionaire in the restaurant business, you start out with ten million, <laughs> and you become a millionaire." <laughs> yeah, you live on I cash heard flow. That, baby. One. that was a good That's one. Right. I yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, I believe that too. It yeah. is so hard to do. I Dad, really, I won't write that one down. That was a good one. Yeah. I hadn't heard that one. I've really enjoyed talking to y'all so, you so much. Listen, I have a desk set for you. Oh. Which will be perfect for you. Oh, this is that perfect. That is awesome. But I don't have a Missouri for you, but I'm going to send you one when they come back in. All right. We hey, are thank actually, you so much. Hey, hey, listen, I'm in Arkansas now. I've been here since 1975. <laughs> no. so. oh, this is That's so much awesome. fun. Thank, thank you. You're I love welcome. it. Have y'all, had any problems? have y'all had any problems in the uh, food industry getting food? We have. Yeah. We have. Uh, yes. <laughs> and we'll leave it at <laughs> you know, that. The, well, the good news is, and Jake's been very much involved in this, as has Tommy more than me. Uh our primary broadline supplier is Benny Keith. Yeah. And we work very closely uh, with Rusty Mathis, Tom Pangburn, Blake, Blake Adams. Adams. You know, they all do a great job for us and uh, just do a top rate job for us. That's so, great. They have watched our backs. That's uh, great. Well, you're big sure. vendors for them. They're going to watch out for you. And like you said, you hung tight through the whole thing. Good for y'all. In closing, to our listeners, I'd like to thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your independence, your business, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, email me, gray, at gray at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcasts wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream. 